This past week, teachers from all over the world gathered in Chicago, Illinois for the 25th National Conference for Keyboard Pedagogy, also known as NCKP, the Piano Conference. As you can imagine, it was an extra special time as it was the first in-person NCKP since the pandemic. The joyous occasion was validated the moment my travel buddy and roommate, Christina Whitlock, walked into the lobby of the hotel and instantly saw teacher friends Lori Bender, Laura Harding, and Jana Williamson. A few minutes later, we all had a good chuckle when we realized our excited chatter raised the decibel level in the hotel lobby big time. I wanted to share with you some thoughts and reflections as a way of transitioning out of the fully immersive experience and back into real life. Rather than just hearing from me though, I thought it would be more fun and would give you a more well-rounded recap if you heard from several attendees. Luckily, I managed to twist the arm of three teacher friends who also happen to be my formal mastermind buddies. I'll let them introduce themselves here in a second. Whether you attended the conference, lived vicariously watching the happenings online, or have never been part of an event like this and are curious to hear more, I think you'll enjoy hearing our stories and experiences today. I'm Amy Chaplin, an independent piano teacher from Indiana, who also loves building up and working with my piano teaching community. In my early days of teaching and running the Piano Pantry blog, I started creating assignment sheets, at least one new one every year to be exact, as a way of keeping things fresh in my studio. If you and your students still enjoy using written assignment sheets, you'll have more than 20 to choose from in the free downloadable bundle on pianopantry.com. Just Google Piano Pantry Assignment Sheets or visit the direct link in the show notes. If you're using printable assignment sheets, be sure and listen to episode number 33 of this podcast, where I share all the ways a simple $5 office product can help organize your student materials. All right. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, ladies. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself so everybody knows whose voice is speaking when, and just tell us a little bit about yourself and if you're like a first-time NCKP attendee or a seasoned one. Well, I guess I'll go first. Um, I am Christina of Whitlock. I have the podcast Beyond Measure, and I pride myself in being a friend to the profession. <laughs> and I have actually never been to a physical NCKP conference. This was actually my first one. I did the virtual NCKP conference uh, the last round, but I have been so excited because everybody talks about the vibe of the NCKP conference, and it has held up. And that was something I did not know about you. So I was totally shocked when I first learned that Christina has never been to NCKP. What? Who because knew? <laughs> I am a seasoned like national conference exactly. attendee. Exactly. Yeah. But I've never done this one. So, woo. Kate? I'm Kate Boyd. I am a professor of piano at Butler University, and I'm the creator of the Piano Prof YouTube channel. And I am so happy to be here with my friends and colleagues at NCKP. This is my first ever NCKP conference as well. You too? Because oh I always had conflicts with it in the summer. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so it's been such a treat to come and see people that I would normally only ever see at the MTNA National Conference and to kind of see how it 
is similar to and different from those conferences. And I should mention that all three of us are from Indiana. So we're That's also right. That's right. Hoosiers. colleagues. <laughs> Jana? I'm Jana Williamson, and I have an independent patio studio in my home in the western suburbs of Chicago, which means that I have the immense privilege of living 20 minutes down the road from the NCKP conference. So this is not my first one. I should also just say I have a YouTube channel and a blog as well. They're all under my name, Jana Williamson. Uh, I have been, I honestly can't remember how many I've been to. I did not come in 2019. I think I came for one day in 2017 and might have come for the full thing in 2015. I honestly can't remember, but I have been before and uh, there are a lot of Illinois people hanging around at this conference since it is close by. And as well as a lot of people from all over the country and in fact the world. So. You guys are definitely lucky not having to travel so far. Yes. Mm -hmm. But I, I did have to tell my family, though, I'm not at home for right. these three days, even though I was sleeping in my own bed. I bet that is really tricky. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm actually really surprised at how many people I've met here that are first-time attendees, actually. So, I mean, like you guys said, a lot of people have attended MTNA, but not NCKP for whatever reasons. Well, is there anything in particular that you feel that has really made this conference extra special or unique? Well, I actually had a different conference experience this time because I have never been part of an exhibitor booth before, but Katie Fisher from Piano Safari invited me a few months ago, knowing that I live locally and that I might be an easy ask. Uh, she invited me to work in the booth. And so I, I helped in the booth and helped with their showcase this time. And that was a totally different and really fun conference experience. I got to talk to a lot of people who just came to the booth and asked questions. And since it wasn't my own product that I was selling, I felt very free to talk about how awesome they were. And I got to say, it's much easier to sell for someone else than it is for, for yourself. And I do, I love the Piano Safari curriculum. Katie and I went to undergrad together. It was really great to talk with her and everybody else who was working at the booth. So I went to less sessions than I normally would. Um, and I, it's interesting, I think if we talk about takeaways, I think I ended up in at least 50% of the sessions had to do with mental health. So maybe that <laughs> says more about me in this particular moment. And I was not listening to as much about straight piano repertoire or pedagogy this time around. So that must be my own personal mental state. <laughs> That's a good thing. Maybe it was a nice little bit of a change of pace on what you normally, yeah. you know, do with the piano world. I will say, I think that the programming was so balanced for this conference. Um, there were a lot, I mean, I mean, we all know, actually, it was a huge challenge to make choices every time block um, at this conference. And, but there was such a wealth of, every perspective I would want to hear. So there was a heavy emphasis on mental health and there was some, you know, obviously great repertoire, a great, um, you know, group lesson content. And I mean, all of the things, I just really thought the the committee did a great job assembling a wide variety. So there's really something for everyone. Um, I think because I have this whole podcast that's built around being a friend to the profession. I really enjoyed just actually getting to meet my people here at the conference. Um, it's so crazy to like, I genuinely feel like I'm friends with all these people that I've never met or spoken to. And yet uh, I actually got to like share physical space with them this week. And that um, like to walk around and be recognized more and more is just, it's really special and very humbling. Well, this week I was 
reflecting on what makes NCKP a different kind of conference than MTNA, since I've been to MTNA several times and never once to NCKP. And I've heard people rave about NCKP, and many people have called it MTNA on steroids. And I think that one, one obvious difference is that NCKP is specifically for piano and keyboard, mm -hmm. and MTNA is an organization that has a lot of pianists and piano teachers in it, but it also is inclusive of all musicians, all music teachers of all disciplines. And so when you are at a conference that is entirely focused on piano, piano teaching, keyboard, then you're going to have a lot more of a feeling of community within just this component of music teaching. And I've really enjoyed that. And I really, I felt that the programming seemed to reflect that. There were a lot of panels and a lot of co-presentations. There were, seemed to me to be fewer individual presentations and the presentations tended to be somewhat shorter. And so there was a lot more opportunity for more people to present. And I also had the feeling that there were, or I had the impression that there was a focus on storytelling and a focus on personal experience. And I noticed that the tracks, they have a, um, a wonderful app that's very interactive. And so people were messaging each other and, and there was a photo contest and somehow by some fluke <laughs> and also a certain amount of personal lobbying, I won. <laughs> and so and it was a picture of, of Esther and me eating cake. So of course, you know, like why, you know, that's, that's super fun. And it just seemed like um, it just seemed like people were really happy to be together. Of course, in person after the after the last ones being online, but also just to talk about our experiences as as pianists and piano teachers and sharing that. Yeah, I agree with all those things said. I think kind of Kate nailed it on the head that. MTNA and NCKP are both fantastic conferences. They're just a little bit different from each other. And NCKP definitely feels a little bit more intimate because there's less people. And the space even that we're in at the Westin here, it's it's all right here. Um, MTNA is kind of fun that you get to sometimes travel to different locations and special spots, but we're all together here. So we feel very, um, yeah, just like we're all friends. <laughs> You're constantly passing people in the hallway. I'm a big proponent of less is more in conference land, which basically meaning you don't have to do it all. You can maybe sit out some sessions and just really focus on the takeaways that you really want to, to take away from the conference and not feel overwhelmed. Is there any one or two things that you guys could just articulate? Like, I just really want to remember this. I want to um, have this influence my, influence my teaching or maybe just a mindset change. Maybe it's a new product or just an overall life-giving moment that you've had. Sure. Um, so there's a few things. I am trying to adapt Amy's mindset of less is more. <laughs> That's a concept I struggle with in most areas of life. <laughs> um, but it's so true because, you know, there is a real, um, you know, you have this propelling sense to like make sure you do everything and see everything and hear everything and talk to everyone and not to miss a thing because you never know when the next life-changing session is going to appear, you know, in front of you. Um, but at the same time, 
it's really about the people, right? And so I've been telling people this week, like, it's so funny because my husband's been telling my kids, like, oh, mommy's going to go have fun with her teacher friends. And I've been very adamant that I'm going to work. Like, this is for work. <laughs> like, this, you know, like, I'm presenting and I'm, you know, I mean, this is work. Um, and yet I'm really having a lot of fun with my friends. Um, <laughs> and it can be but, both, right? And it's it both. <laughs> because honestly, this is like plugging into your energy source so that we can go do the work. And I was in this fantastic session about kind of trying to like identify your professional role and your professional desires. And it was brought up that, you know, obviously we have direct influence upon those who are in our circle, um, but that our influence passes through those people into the people that are in their circles of influence and on and on it goes. And so when we show up as our most authentic selves, it has this amazing ripple effect. And in that same session, there were so many examples given by the presenters of the fact that like their teachers had seen a little part of them that they didn't even realize was a part of them yet. And then later in life, they've been able to look back and they were so thankful that their professors and their teachers had seen them for more than just a pianist. Mm -hmm. And that is something that means a lot to me. And it was so great to hear that again through this other lens of making sure that our students just know that we, you know, that we see more than what they practice or don't practice, right? So I'll go with that. And that is a really good tie-in to one of the things that I most appreciated about this conference, um, and that was the PEDX talks. They mm -hmm. have, and that's something that it makes it really different from MTNA. And the PEDX talks, obviously, that's a play on words from TEDx, and they are uh, plenary sessions, right? There's mm -hmm. nothing that goes that's scheduled against them. And for each session, there are four 20 minute talks. And somebody goes up on stage for each of those and tells a story from their lives with slides, without notes, in TEDx style. And I found those really very moving, and I found them um, informative, engaging. And those are the stories that are going to stay with me after I go home. And kind of combined with that are the, are the many concerts that there were that the participants and colleagues of us performed. And so there were many opportunities to hear uh, either very new music, premiere type music that's been written in the last 10 years, or works by underrepresented composers, underplayed works by famous composers, and to have that performed by our colleagues and not by some special guest who was like, bust in and then like played from the mountaintop down to us, you know, and so <laughs> it was just really, really, those were the two aspects of it that really made the biggest impression on me. Yeah, the first night, the piano stories live, like mm -hmm. just, I love having multiple people sharing mm -hmm. music. Yeah, and then they had 12, they had noontime concerts and then they had 4 p.m. concerts as well, so they were like scattered throughout the whole um, conference, which was pretty awesome. I'll just throw out that Vanessa Cornett may be the best presenter I've ever heard, and her talk, which 
She did masterfully in 25 minutes on the art of rest and um, ideas around rest and cultural implications was just so well-crafted and so convicting. And um, if you see Vanessa Cornett's name on anything, you get your body in that room and sit down and listen to what she has to say. That's my opinion. I 100% agree. And Christina is like dying over here because she's, <laughs> she is also 100% agreeing. <laughs> well, you guys have to know that like Vanessa Cornett is my longtime, like, I don't know, piano teacher, hero. I don't know. That's not really even it. My, but I, Jana's right. Like if, the, if she, her name is attached to something, you go, you don't miss it. And she's just so thoughtful. She has this terrific book that I've talked about on my podcast mm -hmm. called The Mindful Musician. It's a really important book that we should all be familiar with. Um, and she talked in her session about like your unresumed self. And, you know, like all the things like we're really good in our world about saying like, oh, my degrees are from here. And, you know, my you know, I've done this role in this role and taught at this university and whatever. But those, you know, those are like our our resume, you know, identities. And yet it actually says very little about us. <laughs> and really what makes us us is all the stuff that is not listed on paper. Yeah, I felt very convicted too on that. As an Enneagram 3 who is, <laughs> likes to achieve things and do things, like it's not so much for me about resumes, like listing, you know, what I've done and accomplished. I just enjoy doing and creating and, you know, that idea of there are things to appreciate in life that aren't so much about the things that you do or that you create that it's... Yeah, there was a lot of emphasis on the problems with self-care culture. And this is something that I talk about a lot, but I never have the right verbiage, like what is wrong with self-care? But she had talked about the fact that like she even, <laughs> she Googled the phrase, why is my self-care not working? <laughs> Just to see what <laughs> would happen. And the answers were like, you aren't prioritizing your own self-care and you need to assemble a self-care kit. And it just pushed more weight back on us. And it's like, oh, I'm doing self-care wrong. I'm a broken person. And oh my goodness, it's so awful. So anyway, she's great. Yay, Vanessa Gordon. <laughs> okay, so is there anything particularly surprising or unexpected that occurred this week in your experience? Well, I have a personal story that I found kind of surprising, and that was that this is the first conference I've gone to where I made arrangements to practice in the mornings. And then, so I kind of skipped the morning part of the conference, and thanks to my friend Jana, found a local place to practice. And so my morning routine was relatively unbroken coming to the conference. Because one great irony of <laughs> piano conferences is that there really isn't a place for people to, to practice, practice unless they're about to perform and then they get a little bit of warm-up time. But, you know, for us, that, that's an important part of our, of our routine. And I, you know, personally, I'm in the middle of, I mean, it's not like I have a concert coming up, but I'm in the middle of, like, working on stuff. And I didn't want to lose the momentum that I've had to come to a piano conference and sit and listen to people talk about practicing. And so it was, you know, and so that for me was um, kind of a validating experience and it was surprising how big of a transformation that was for my whole experience at the conference. Because although I was skipping out on 
many of the morning sessions, I was able to go and practice and, and take care of my own needs. And that was like money in the bank. And then, you know, I was engaging with music in a way that was meaningful to me. And then I was able to come and then be fully present for the people that I was running into in the hall and then the sessions I attended and the concerts I attended. And so that really enhanced the whole experience for me. One surprise of any large conference that's always built in is who's going to be in the elevator when that door opens. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually had a really good round of elevator meetups this conference. <laughs> so let me see if I can remember. In addition to lots and lots of just wonderful people, and you can strike up just incredible conversations in those like 30 seconds you spend together in the elevators. It's a gift of teachers, I think, that we can get to know each other very quickly. Um, I also got to meet Jeremy Siskind in the elevator and got to have a lovely chat with him. I had a lovely chat with Marvin Blickenstaff coming down the elevator. Um, I got to ride the elevator with Olga Kern last night. Uh, we did not really have a conversation, but <laughs> I was, you know, like nose to nose with her basically. So so that was kind of fun. Um, <laughs> and just, you know, you never know. That's the best part about being in physical presence with all of these people that you know and love and whose work you appreciate and use. And they're real people. They're just here. And it gives a new meaning to the term elevator pitch. Yes, it does. <laughs> you literally had many elevator rides to try out various conversation starters. That's exactly right. I've gotten really good at describing my podcast more succinctly, finally, um, which is something I've always struggled to do. In mm -hmm. this conference, I think I finally started to figure it out. If you guys had to do the whole thing over again, is there anything that you would go about differently? I would probably try not to eat so much. <laughs> because I, I ate, you know, dinners. Everyone's like, let's go eat. That's the big thing. And there's so many places to eat right around here. And then everybody would get their own thing. And then there was like twice as much and people would then take it back. And so I think next time I would split things. <laughs> yeah, people. I have two I'd... sets of leftovers that I brought out of our refrigerator. <laughs> I'm carrying them. around Greek food with yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to eat it cold for lunch, you know. Yeah. yeah. That's really funny. I'll tell you something I may regret later is the fact that um, I went to the exhibit hall and on this last day, and they uh, Faber was clearing out all of their physical stock for 50% off, and I wasn't going to buy anything at the conference this round. I was trying to put myself on a little spending freeze, but I was going to purchase a lot of music next week once my fall registration materials, fees were paid by my students. And so then favors they're giving things away for 50% off. And I didn't have my inventory with me, so I don't even know if I bought the right things or not. It was definitely impulse buying that I try not to do, uh, but it's very tempting, everyone. <laughs> so I yeah. fell into the trap, but I'll use it. I know, it's fine. So speaking of exhibit hall, is there a special way that you do exhibit hall? Are you like a in and out kind of person in like 10 minutes multiple times, or are you like a do it all at once kind of person? Well, Kate and I got to play a rousing game of what? <laughs> nimble, was it Nimble Fingers? What is it called? It's one of Nicola Canton's <laughs> card games at Vibrant Music Teaching. And we played a really competitive game of it. It was on Instagram. It's quite entertaining. Uh, Kate beat me, by the way. Oh, man. But just barely, I will say. I mean, she's the piano prof. <laughs> she is. She is, guys. She knows her intervals, let me tell you. It's an interval game. <laughs> 
It was a close game, though. It was a squeaker. It was a squeaker. I was was really sweating. I really was. Um, No. I I mean, if you've never been to a national conference, you can't fully appreciate how great the exhibit hall is. And even though this year's was a little smaller than it has been in the past, it was still just full of, like, some of my very favorite people. So I end up, um, I have to be very careful how many times I set foot in the exhibit hall doors because I tend to get really caught up talking to people and looking at all their cool stuff. I kept getting a chuckle from her. I'm like, where have you been? Are you talking to people? (laughs) Amy would text me and she'd be like, are you in the exhibit hall again? I thought you were meeting me in this session. Where are you? But as it's so true that your conference experience is often like most strongly influenced by these conversations that you have with people. And, you know, Jana mentioned earlier that it's so much easier to like sell other people's stuff. Like I just love seeing what people have created and, you know, seeing where the passions of their heart have led them and what they have invested in to produce for our profession. There's something about that that I just love. And so I just, I really enjoy talking to people about the work they're passionate about and why they think this stuff needs to exist in the world. So it's really fun. So to get a little practical, I will just say that I did not have a lot of spending money at my disposal. So I literally, I've never done this before. I have thought about things ahead of time, but I literally printed off a list of each of my students for this fall and I wrote down anything that I might need, and then I put X's by people who did not need anything or that I could, I have a huge library at home. So I took time to organize my library, make the list up, and I'm proud to say, with the exception of maybe like two or three books, I stuck to the list. Congratulations! (laughs) But I would have loved to spend a lot more money. (laughs) What I like about the exhibit hall, well, you asked about if we go for one long time or, and I tend to feel a little overwhelmed at the exhibit hall. So I'll go in for 10 minutes, walk around, do like one or two things, then I'll leave and then another day I'll go again. But what I enjoyed was getting to know the, um, the Piano Marvel app and really working with the people on that. And then I was at the RCM booth, and I got to know their new app, which was really cool. It's also a sight reading app. I'm currently like looking at sight reading resources for video, so I was especially interested in that. And then I tried this new Yamaha piano. Did you try that? It's a Yamaha piano that is um, it's a digital piano, but it has an acoustic keyboard, and it's actually like a baby grand piano that's been like cut off with a guillotine (laughs) and it has wireless headphones that you can use or you can play it out loud and it was so cool and I sat there and I played a little bit with the headphones on and it was just really really different from a regular digital piano and it was quite similar to a acoustic piano although it and Yamaha did not pay me for this uh, (laughs) little spot but I was just anyway you can cut all that out if you want but uh, um but yeah, I just enjoyed, you know, playing playing that and um, seeing, of course, Nicola's games. Those were cool. <laughs> and all the library of resources available. Um, can I go back to something I would have done differently? Oh. Because it occurred to me when you were talking, Christina, that um, you were talking about the importance of seeing people. And I think that if I were doing this conference differently, and my advice to people considering coming to conferences, 
is mentally prepare mm -hmm. myself for the fact that I'm going to be around people for basically the whole time and kind of open myself up to that because um, it's, it's tiring and sometimes you feel the need to withdraw or retreat. And so I think that if I were going to do it all over again, I would have um, spent more time between things sitting in the lobby mm -hmm. rather than like taking a nap in my room or something because then there would have been more, even more chance encounters because there is definitely the thing where you're on your way somewhere and you go 10 feet and you you run into six people and that is a, a gift and to really embrace that. Yeah, that's really good. We all hit this point on Friday night where like I was trying to arrange dinner plans and like everybody I talked to was like, oh, my social battery's a little low. I might just lay low. And I was definitely feeling it too. People don't think I get this way, but I really do. Like mm -hmm. I was pretty worn out, but I was also like, guys, it's our last night. Let's rally. <laughs> right. Push through that. Push you can sleep it. at home. Yeah. <laughs> but it is hard and it's okay. Like I know so many people that took nice long naps yeah. uh, during this week and that's part of it too. It goes into Amy's philosophy of less is more. You know, you don't have to be doing something every moment of the day, it's okay. You're still going to bring home a lot. And there's no right or wrong way to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, I had a closing question, and it was to ask um, if there was any bit of advice that would you, you would give to anyone on the fence. But I feel like everything that we have said <laughs> today is exactly what would something that would convince someone to come and attend. So I hope the listeners have gleaned um, encouragement or just enjoyed like hearing our breakout of this conference. Do you guys have any final words that you would like to share with the listeners today on your experience? I would just say it's really easy to feel like you, uh, sometimes you do not have the financial resources to do it. And that is just the truth. And we've all been in those positions. And so it sounds really fun that we're all, you know, here and having a great time. I know it's hard when you're not. Um, but at the same time, think down the road, see what possibilities lie ahead. Like, don't be so quick to dismiss the idea of putting aside money to come because it is a huge, uh, you know, reinvestment in what we do. And it's, you know, we talk a lot about how much fun we have, but it is incredibly enriching for the actual work that we do as well. I think I was energized after the very first day. I was like, I yeah. could have gone home. I was good. You know, mm -hmm. I'd already gotten so much interaction and enjoyment from that. So. And I think if you're on the fence about coming and one of the reasons you're on the fence is because maybe you're feeling burned out or tired and you, you, you don't imagine that you want to take free time and go <laughs> to a piano conference, I would recommend coming. Mm -hmm. Sign up, come, and even if you're feeling burned out, that there is so much here for you to recover and find that, that connection and, the, and connect with the reason you're doing it in the first place and find people who might even feel similarly to you. And you can find support and refill your batteries and take it with you to your students at home. 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll just echo those sentiments that um, what Christina said, there are literal finances, literal dollars in the account, and you should be wise with your spending and all of that. Um, but I'm, I think sometimes teachers don't prioritize both professional development as well as things like instrument investment mm -hmm. um, and those kinds of things. And it's really important to remember that having the experiences and good quality materials 
actually enriches you to a point where um, that allows your job to be easier, more fulfilling, allows you to make more money, those kinds of things. So it is worthwhile for your own investment uh, to come to these things when you have the ability to do so. And can I just say one additional thing? If you really aren't able to come to a national conference, there are opportunities at the local level in many, many parts of the country. And so if you feel like you want a kind of mini version of a national conference, find your local teacher group, get involved, see if you can get involved in a virtual group if you have nothing uh, physically available, and make those connections because it really is all about community, it's about connection, it's about um, finding the love for our craft and sharing it with our students. I would echo that 100%. So if anybody is listening and doesn't know where to start, they should just contact Amy because I'm sure <laughs> she can help them find uh, someone to contact for their local area. And if you if you just want to go to mtna.org or, or even NCKP, um, look up things online. There are people around you, I am sure of it. Yes, absolutely. I love like knowing all the resources that are out there and connecting people to them. So absolutely, send me an email. Well, this has been so much fun, you guys. Yay! <laughs> Thank you for being here with me. And um, yeah, it's time to go home. So ah. sad. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Thank Amy. Thank you, Amy. That was fun. We love you. Can you believe we got through that whole conversation with me sharing little of my own thoughts? I actually didn't even realize it in the moment, but on the way home, I looked at my driving buddy, Christina, and was like, wait a minute. I kind of just realized that I was so focused during our recording on directing the conversation, I didn't really share much of my own. So I'm tacking on a few comments here at the end. First of all, this was not my first time attending. I couldn't remember for sure, so I enlisted the amazing search skills of my Google Photos app. By typing in the location Lombard, Illinois, I was able to recall every photo I've ever taken at NCKP. Apparently, it's been three times. The first was in 2015, followed by 2019, and then 2023. Memories from 2015 include rooming with Joy Morin and her friend Susan Holcher, that was the event where the idea for the Piano Pantry blog was actually born. That was also the year that the fire alarm went off at like 5 a.m. and we had to all evacuate outside. Does anyone else remember that? In 2019, a fun memory included a body gymnastics photo recreating the acronym NCKP with friends, Joy, Susan, Jana Olson, and Melody Dean while waiting for a dinner table at Flat Top Grill. If the photo contests were going on back in 2019, I think I would have had a good chance of winning with that one. 2019 was also the year I got to meet Nicola Canton for the first time of the Colorful Keys blog and, not soon after, Vibrant Music Teaching. The biggest highlight for me this year was hands down the people. The blog and podcast, of course, have helped me get to know so many more of you. Christina and I were humbled by the amazing showing at our informal meetup. It's one thing to say hello in passing in the hallways, but another to have even just a few moments to connect verbally and put online faces and names with voices and a human connection. I took every opportunity I could to get snuggles with my friend Joy's little girls who conferenced really well with Mama, thanks to an amazing dad who came along and helped make that happen. Thank you, Paul. You rock. My big takeaway that I also found particularly surprising and unexpected 
was how I took in information. After years attending conferences, I really refined how I was capturing information almost to an art form. I even shared about it in episode 59 of the podcast. While I learned a lot and took in a lot of amazing sessions, I was shocked when I realized how few notes I was actually taking. I really felt like I've hit a huge turning point in my career where I now have a beautiful overview and big picture of all that our profession encompasses. I'm consuming in a way that confirms and reinforces what I already know. Don't get me wrong. This is not saying that I have nothing to learn or know it all. It's more of just this feeling of coming into yourself and having confidence in what you're doing. It's a really beautiful feeling. I could say so much more, but I've already kept you longer than normal today. So I'll just say thank you teachers for all you give, not only to our students, but to each other. Let's keep that going. Today's tiny tip was inspired by teacher friend Emily Susco, who, as she was stuffing her lunch receipt into a wallet following a lunch meal together at NCKP, told me I should do a thing on how to organize all of our conference receipts. Well, the reality is, I said as I mirrored her receipt stuffing action into my own wallet, I'm not sure I have a magic solution for that one. Except, well, as you know, Amy can always come up with a bit of organizational advice, so here goes. I've shared on here that I actually do like to keep hard copy receipts of things for tax purposes. One thing that could be very helpful is to bring either a manila folder, recipe card holder, or plastic envelope of some kind with you to a conference and unload your wallet of all the receipts at the end of the day. This is something I do a lot when I'm on vacation, but the practice would work here as well. That way, they don't continue to pile up day after day in that semi-folded state. If you're more of a digital receipt person, following that same practice, at the end of the day, pull out all of your receipts and scan them using an app like Genius Scan. Designate a location in your digital workspace labeled with a tax year, whether it's a folder in Google Drive or using a tagging system in Evernote to save that receipt. Be sure and be consistent with how you name the digital receipt file. I recommend starting with the year followed by the month, then what it was for, such as NCKP, or sorry, I should say such as 2023-07 for the month, underscore NCKP dinner number one, or something along those lines. So I hope this gives you a little bit of an idea of how you might be able to keep track of all of your receipts at a conference without having a big pile at the end. 